listen, this is a podcast where three friends, buddies, go to the movies and we see a movie, a new movie, and it's called Hot Takes. I'm Jack Kolkowski, I'm joined by Robert Anderson and Mike Birch. Three men. We go to the movies and we see a new film, pretty much as new as, as uh, can be, so we're going in blind, or as much as possible. And we return here to the microphone without speaking to each other about the movie and talk about it. And we record our thoughts for you, the listener. And in that process, we sort of digest the movie that we saw. And normally it goes quite well. We have, we have a fun time. We enjoy ourselves. We rap about it. We learn a little bit about ourselves, about each other. Today, what did we see today, boys? Uh, we saw the trailer for Shut Downsizing the but with we saw, Matt Damon. We saw a new uh, movie that's coming out soon. I it looks no, really no fun. I patience for any of this. Today we saw Mother by Darren Aronofsky. You mean... Mother. Mother! I'm going to kill Mike Burge by the end of this podcast. <laughs> I know it. I know it. It's got I'm an on a, exclamation I'm on a point. tight rope. Tight rope. And uh, normally we, you know, we leave the theater and it's it's not easy to uh, to not, that's the that's the thrill, right? We want to we want to get our thoughts out there and we save them for you, the listener. Today was easy because we largely said nothing to each other on the ride home, which takes about ten minutes. So it was about ten minutes of mostly. Sounds Robbie really hasn't said anything since we left the theater. No, Robbie. no, I haven't. So, so we're gonna do our best for you, the listener, to uh, to chew on this one and record radio that I guess you can listen to for fun because podcasts are fun. Podcasts are so are so much fun. Yeah, we're trying to um, we're gonna try and get the fun going as so, best we can. I'm going to nervously rip the labels off the bottles I have sitting in front of me and also my skin off. Um, okay. Let's get the, get the basic question out. What did you guys think of Mother? I don't know how we're going to talk about this how are we without talk about spoilers. This um, we're we're going to go as long as we can okay. Okay. and just get our impressions out and talk about how the movie affected us. I uh, thought uh, how... Javier Bardem's performance was really good. I, I first I, I liked I liked the movie. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it too. Robbie. Um Robbie, I heard you say at least four or five times during I this, hate movie. this I hate movies. this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah I heard, I heard it too. you say yeah. a lot. I heard you say a lot. So I think So don't lie to me. I think um <clears throat> sometimes with art right things come up where you may not like something but it might be good the first label's off damn you did you only have one <coughs> left I guess you have two it's my nervous here. tick keep going um so I think this podcast for me is gonna be me figuring out if I like the movie cause as of right now I don't like any of it okay but I do think it's probably, I think it's a good movie. It's a good film. I think so. It hates you. The film does hate you. That's largely what the movie is about. 
there's a lot of other themes at work too. And I think just I want to get out there like before we really like you know before we get into this too deep. I want to say that if you're listening to this without having seen the movie, the movie works better the less you know. Yes. yes. I can say that about most movies, but I really think... I went into it very not knowing. Go much. into this one and just let it wash over you. The entire marketing campaign of this movie was... Which is, I think, a conversation... You do not know what this movie is. We're going to have that conversation, too. We've had that conversation before, but we're definitely going to have it again in this context. But... I think it's important to stress, don't read the articles, don't read the reviews. If you're curious if you're, about the movie, just If see you know it. who Darren Aronofsky is, you've seen any of his prior work, if you've seen Black Swan or Requiem for a Dream or any of those other movies that he's made, and I'm not saying you have to enjoy that, but that's the kind of cinematic experience you're interested in, just go see it. Mike? Still yes. holding hand, head and hands? Mm-hmm. What would you like? I, Do you think that people should see this movie, wanna... Mike? Yes, people should see this movie. I think it's probably going to end up being my favorite movie of the year, if that matters to you. But um, it, yeah. it's a uh, a devastating roller coaster. I think that it is, in some weird way, that movies like this are exactly what the entire medium was made for. That's not the only thing it needs to be used for. But this is something that is very hard to say. Uh, the themes that are at work in the movie are universal themes that all of us can understand. And we either agree with it going in or by the end of it, we probably will at least have a better understanding of it by the time we walk out. It's um, a beautiful, mean movie. Um, all the performances are fucking great. Hollywood hothead Ed Harris uh, puts in like a really, really amazing performance that I haven't seen from him in movies in a long time. Probably the thing that pops into my head immediately is uh, David Cronenberg's A History of Violence, his character, and that mm -hmm. is fucking uh, haunts my dreams. And this guy will haunt my dreams, but for an entirely different reason. Um, I really, really did like the movie. And... It's going to be a, a personal talk yeah. about it, and, and I think that that's going to be a lot of people's reactions to it. I will say, I think just I, to I jump just want I just want to say real quick. All right, uh, the, and the, this is going to be all over the place. Come tomorrow morning, there are going to be people that hate this movie. There are going to be people that love this movie. And there are going to be people that are right in between, which is where I think Robbie's at right now, I where think, he's yeah. kind of like... Still processing. Processing it. Because, Feel very torn. Yes. That's what we're here yeah. for. We got this all is, And this is, yeah. I think, getting it up front real quick before we even begin talking, even though we're doing non-spoiler stuff. This movie is an artistic film that is going to garner a lot of uh, pretentious criticism, mm -hmm. yeah. and it is also going to be lauded as a pretentious critical film. A lot of what's in the movie 
is very heavy-handed to the point of the artistic degree that everybody involved, and mainly the filmmaker Darren Aronofsky, is trying to do. It transcends just even the celluloid that it's on because we know about certain things with the actors and the actresses and the filmmaker. It's a really fucking wild movie, and I can't believe it got made. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Did I spoil anything there? I no, to... I don't think so. Okay. I think you could just kind of cut that out and turn that into your post that right up on the AV Club or something. That's your... There's your... There's Mike's <sighs> think piece. When, when they want to start paying me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pretension. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have to talk about... Like, before I think we even kind of get into this movie... There is a difference between, we were talking about this a little bit before, mm. there's a difference between the commercial movie and the art movie, right? It's not a hard line, sometimes it usually is. But when you talk about a movie in, like this, in this context, there is a level of pretension built, ba baked into it, because that pretension was there when it was made. And I think a lot of the discussion around this movie, because the conversation that we keep having is about marketing for movies and you see the trailers for this movie and you're like, Ooh, spooky suspense movie with Javier Bardem and Jennifer Lawrence and then, and Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer. I like all those people. I know all those people. I'm going to go see this movie. Maybe get spooked in the meantime. This is not that. Yeah. And there's no way to make a trailer for this movie and get you in the it's seat. Not, it's actually all right there, too. In the it trailer. is pretty I was thinking much about all right that there. first trailer, the one that we did on Coming Attractions. Hey, check it out. Yeah, and you know, we saw that trailer and had our own expectations going into it. And I think this is going to be the same story that we hit with It Comes at Night, where you see a trailer, people see a trailer, they make their own expectations, mm -hmm. they go to see the movie that is not what their expectation. it does not meet what their expectations were, and they walk out. There's going to be people who come out and say that was the best movie all of the year. There are people that are going to come out and say that I hated that movie. That wasn't anything like what I expected. I said that to Robbie as we were walking into the theater. Remember I mentioned I was like, it's going to be witch all over again. I just have a feeling. Yeah. It's completely misadvertised. I feel like what we're walking into is not what we're going to get. Because what yeah. I saw... Because I just watched Black Swan for the first time last night mm -hmm. before we went to go see it. Uh, I, I just had never gotten around to it. I always wanted to. Love Natalie Portman. Love Vince Cassell. Love Darren Aronofsky. I just never got into it. It, it just it never came up. Yeah. Never did not not want to see it. But I watched it last night it's and brilliant. I absolutely loved it. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's, Black Swan is a phenomenally made film. I love film. Black Swan. And, and the wrestling. I just, yeah. I can't, I couldn't, <clears throat> even that level of horror, I was like, I can't imagine... Aronofsky making the leap from that to the all-out subversive, subversive horror that was, you know, that the trailer was telling us that we were going to get. And I was like, I feel like this is not going to be that that crazy, like, you'll never forget where you were the first time you saw Mother. I think, though... I think with like maybe the, I haven't seen the witch, but like I Fuck, man. there are many. Leave me alone for a minute. There are yeah, many. Take it easy on him, man. Come there on. are many. That's like my favorite movie. You, well, I'll get to it. 
there are many. My favorite movie is Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think my life. Yeah, that one's okay. That's <laughs> good. Um, my favorite movie is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So come on. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. I think that uh, I'm. I don't know if the stories tomorrow are going to be as cut and dry as just like this is not what was advertised, because that movie I think has something that really affects you. There's some stuff in there that like. Yeah, I do think you'll never forget when you first saw Mother. I thought I don't, people were going to get up know. from the theater and walk out. I, if I wasn't there with you, I would have. There are just points where, like, I, I was like, felt I like you were going I to was walk like, out. I, I can't. I, there are points where I'm like, I can't watch this movie. I can't. I can't watch it. I, I can't watch were, this it movie. It sounded like you were having a panic attack pretty much the whole. Like, I was. Most of the time. I was having a really bad time. Almost like from the beginning of the movie, I was like, I'm going to deal with two more hours of this shit. I don't know if I can like if I can do it and like you know, I'm so, uh, I get nervous to say that. Robbie's like a upset. Lot. It's just not ideal. But the movie is a piece of art, and if people are interested in seeing work of art, then that's then you should go see the fucking the fucking thing. I guess. I mean, you want to really let's let's uh, press up our glasses here. You want to talk about what art is? If nothing else, it should make you feel some way, yes. some certain sort of way. And I did. And yeah. this one is going to make you feel some sort of way. And the best art should make uh, what gives you a glimpse into the artist's soul. Yeah. And or maybe I think it gives you a glimpse into, into your yourself. Own soul. Well, yeah. that's the whole idea is like if an artist is genuinely cutting off a piece of themselves and putting it on display, it's much more easy for the audience to understand its um, sincerity. This is a very sincere film yeah. too. Like that's yeah. that's a big one too. It is, and it does not pull any punches. You know, and that that brings that brings back to the thing I was saying before about pretension, and you know, and it, it's also like something that we've talked about before in the podcast about the idea of cheesy, and how cheesy is just like another form of sincerity. It just depends on how you yourself are taking in the images and the story that you're being told, and it's you know, it, it, pretension. And this kind of artistic, just shit show, in the best possible use of the term, is is very. It's it's uh it's it's real, yeah. And it's and it's mean because it's so real, and it hurts so much because you can tell how real it is, and and it's it's upsetting that. It, it's it's so easily translatable that you could understand that yeah I got that so quickly and I know a lot of people are also going to get that and that's super sad and it's even sadder that some people aren't going to get it and it's it's just it makes me feel disgusting and about myself and about people I know and just about everything in general well no one wants to be the asshole to be like what you didn't get it, right? Right. Because that's that's how potential. And that's exactly right? what this movie is going to do. Because if you didn't get it, the movie is an absolute schlock. I think that's my issue with even just like this portion of the discussion. Because like I, part of me leaving this movie is like we haven't seen the we've seen some pre press about the film, but we haven't seen the general public press yet because we are literally the first few people to see it. Um, this is going to be something I want to talk about when we get to, to, to spoilers. For but sure. I saw an article pop up in my newsfeed from the AV Club that, like, the headline I had problems with. Yeah. 
not because of the like because of what they said in the headline. I said, "Fuck you! I don't want to see that." And it was right. in my newsfeed, so I had no other choice but to see that. Mm -hmm. And so I like could not avoid that. And I was like, "Fuck you! This movie doesn't even come out until tonight." Yeah. So that's why I almost like I, I think I I'm hoping that people are going to see this movie and make opinions on their own about it. Uh, I think that some people, if they want to, if the discussion around this movie just kind of boils down into, like, it's not what was advertised, that's not the conversation. That's a boring conversation. I'm not trying to have that. Like, sorry. That's not really all And that's, about. like, one of the things, like, I feel like the conversation on It Comes at Night has already died down, which yeah. I feel is, uh, I feel like that movie is already firmly planted in my top ten that I'm going to put at the end of Absolutely. the year. I love It Comes at Night, yeah. You know, because it was just, like, I'll watch that movie time and time again. Yeah. Like, it's, that's just, like, a fun, like, it. Yeah, they're like it's a it's a good movie to watch. Right. Listen, what we're dancing around here is it's it's it will make you think about it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that it will. I'm, I'm hoping it comes at night. Like I think people could see that movie and leave it more easily, being like, I don't feel like there were no I, zombies I in that movie. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel but, like I don't feel like understanding this movie. Right. This movie I don't think gives you the luxury of not feeling like understanding it. I think you have to leave this movie being like. I gotta think There's about no that. amount of ignorance you can have as an audience member to not feel something, and that's kind of the confidence I'm going to give to the general public and hope the conversation about the movie is that, because there are people who don't like this movie, probably because they're like triggered by some of the imagery. Yeah. That's a conversation worth having. Sure. I want the conversation about, like, yeah, how did this movie get made? How did this get movie? If I know, man. Yeah, and like I, I think that's the better conversation. I really hope it doesn't boil down to this. How stupid... this how this movie made it past the MPAA too? Yeah, with just I an don't R, with just an R rating. Are you out of your get damn it. mind? Like, I mean, I guess obviously it did. I've never seen so anything like this. It's within the like, realm of possibility. But like, if you were to show me that movie and I didn't know what it was and I didn't know who made it and I didn't know what it was rated, I didn't know what year it was from. I, 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 what the fuck is this? I mean, it's like some kind of like exploitation. It's an exploitation. It feels film. like a smut movie. Put, put it, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's another uh, thought experiment for you. Make it not Jennifer Lawrence. Make it someone whose face you've never seen before. No, Jennifer Lawrence works perfectly. No, I know. But abstract it even further because at least Jennifer Lawrence, I'll say at the top, a lot of this movie is a very close-up shot of Jennifer Lawrence's face. Mm -hmm. Imagine if it was someone's face that you didn't recognize, that you did not already have some sort of preconceived notion. Wouldn't work. You would not be able to do it. Wouldn't you work. You would not be able to do it. Mm -hmm. Because that is like the one comforting for, thing. For multiple reasons. Yeah, exactly. Like, for multi like, that's not even what I was getting at at first. But, yes, like... The, From the, a viewer the, standpoint. The comfort of, like, the, the, the knowability and recognizing... Everybody loves and, Jennifer Lawrence. you know, like, the acting power, too, which she, like, yes. firmly holds down this shit, which is fucking going off the rails almost from fucking frame one. Yes. Um, but also for things that we will get into later. Yeah. But I'm just saying, can you, as a viewer, imagine if this was somebody that you did not know and already have some sort of trust built in? Mm. It would not have, it would have been even more harrowing. Further alienating than this movie already. makes me. No, no. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna take some some zero tag and get rid of this allergy. Um, Ooh. Yo, you I, got some? yo, come ooh, on, pass, pass the Tucci, man. Are you sure that's a, a zero tag no Xanax? Because I, I wish I had. Xanax, maybe we right? want the. I, get, I get my Z's pills. Confused. I've never taken a Xanax in my life, and that's the one. I guess those thing are actually X pills. Movie. Yeah, it's an X. Um, yeah, it's not a Z. Why does X make a Z sound? Because it's gonna give it to you. Depends on X. Because the English language is stupid. It's not great. Uh, this movie also makes me kind of like hate 
and we're having a don't critical... don't don't mm-hmm. do not don't Easy. go there yet. Don't. I saw exactly where you're going. Don't say it. Don't say it because we're gonna get there. Do not fucking say it. You spoiled fucking Batman Arkham Knight. And we this told is you not people to. hate you for it. We told you not to. People hate you for us, it. Me All our fans, and me and Mike, me and Jack. So don't fucking say it. I know what you're gonna say, and that's fine. You can say. I know exactly I'll, what you're gonna say. I'll save it for the spoiler part, but it's not really a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I, I heard the first syllable. I I did too. I know exactly what you're gonna say. Don't say it. Save it, please. If okay? you're absolutely right. Please. Yes, of course you're right. Obviously, you're so right. But don't say it. You totally got it. Okay. But no. No. Not yet. I'm in so much pain. You have the cutest face yeah, right now. Robbie, <laughs> so... Robbie's already vulnerable. We're just hurting him even more. Um, just like the movie. But I think a lot of the, the, <laughs> the thing about this movie is a lot of people are going to go wanting to be entertained by a spooky movie with Jennifer Especially following it. and Javier Bardem. And that's, that's the other conversation is I came at it sort of from the opposite end of the spectrum where I was expecting more of... Um, more of a horror movie and it became for me more of the and I spoke to this pretty explicitly on yeah. the it podcast more of a coming of age Goonies Goonies esque through the lens of something horrific. But still the heart of that movie is I mean I think it is funnier than it is scary in a lot of ways, but that's a, a conversation we've already had. I think this comes from the opposite sort of direction where you're expecting, you know, the suspense thriller and you get a lot more baggage you, dumped on. Do you, you think that's that. like artistic intent though behind the Absolutely. marketing? Do you think he well, was he was like, no, I, I'm I'm making this really mean movie, and I'm going to do I'm going to trick you into coming to this horror movie, and then I'm going to make you watch this. This, yeah, I don't think marketing is hard. Man. What you're getting at, yeah, he didn't market it. No, no, but and what you're getting at, yes, okay. he intended to make what we saw, and I'm sure that. The way that it was marketed was intended to completely hide that. Right. This is because you're not going to get butts in the seat if you gorilla don't. theatrical release. Yeah. This is something that should not be in theaters. No. Probably not. No. And I don't think in it's a gonna... wide release that we could just go to yeah. a big chain movie theater no. on a Thursday night and go see. This should not be that. This I... should be something that you need to seek out we make fun of me for being like Robbie hasn't seen that many movies I have never seen anything like this and that's why I've never really felt this way at the I'll end be honest with you I've seen a lot of movies and I have not seen thi- I have not seen anything like this this is something on a completely different level maybe in books I've seen I've things read... close close yeah but I have not seen anything like this the, the scale of it definitely no. definitely definitely um a dark song just came out on video on demand uh, which was when I think came out originally in 2016. Mm-hmm. It was uh, an Irish. Did you watch it? I saw it in theaters. Oh, you did? Yeah, Alamo had a showing, and I caught that. Man, and, I really uh, want to see that fucking movie. Yeah, I don't know much it's, about it. Okay. It's, the way, to a lesser extent, because it doesn't hit the same notes that it doesn't it doesn't take it to this extreme, but in the yeah. same way, like this is a <laughs> this is a thing that is probably just not for everybody. And that, yeah. that is that is pretension it's, right that, there. It's not, not a movie. movie. I don't think everyone should see it. That's, 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 that's the argument that I was making about pretension. Is that just because it's not for everybody does not mean that the people that don't like it are dumber than the people that no, do like it. That is not what I'm saying. No, no, no. But that's where the idea of pretension comes from. Right. It's like if, if I saw this movie 
and you know Bob saw this movie, and Bob is an intelligent name. I've met plenty of intelligent people named Bob. Mm-hmm. Usually they go by Robert. Fuck. Uh, and if, if I'm like Bob, I really like that movie, and he's like, I hated that movie. It was stupid. I'm gonna go. Well, first off, first you're of all, allowed to hate the movie. Yes, it wasn't stupid. Right. But you're allowed to be stupid. But because see, that's the whole thing. Because <laughs> he thinks something stupid, and I think it's smart. Automatically, in the the social paradigm that that's going on right there. Yes. He's gonna think that I think that I'm smarter than him. Yeah. Right. Because I found intrigue and delight and entertainment in something that he found to be schlocky and dumb and pointless. And it's not that it's in this case it's not that it's dumb and pointless. It's just not easy. And I it's think not for a easy. lot of people the reaction is that sucked because it wasn't easy. And that's also where the pretension I think comes there's also the thing with this movie is that some of the themes are like I think pretty easy to grasp. Well, if you get you to death with it. If you like, get them. Like it's, it's, it's not good. that it's the themes are not easy to grasp. It's hard to Watch these things happen. Yeah. For sure. <sighs> All right. We already half hour in and we, should, we gotta I, get I don't, spoilers. I don't think we're done yet, though. Because I, like, I think we can continue to get at this conversation without going Spoiling into spoilers. It. Yeah. And I think it's an important one to have because I think, Mike, the, the whole pretension part of the discussion is something that you've gone through a lot. Yeah. You've had a lot of personal experience with. I think we and all I think probably it's something have. that yeah. this movie is really gonna. I think it's gonna happen a lot. And see, this, this is like I have a, I have a, chapter two, it chapter two, to this, that we have to talk about in the spoiler part because it needs to start getting into. This is going to, this is going to start just folding in on itself. Yeah, with everything, <laughs> it is just going to be. Nuts. Nuts. Yeah. Actually, um, I re- I'm really happy that you brought up Ouroboros because oh. I watched uh, Rings the other day, the third okay. Ring movie. Yeah. And she sees a, a vision of like a snake eating its tail, Ooh. and she doesn't know how to explain. And somebody's like, "Explain to me what you're seeing. I can't watch the video. Explain to me what you're seeing." And she can't do it. And I'm like, well, "There's a fucking first name off, for there's that. There's a fucking name for it. <laughs> and you could also just say it's a snake, snake eating, eating its, its tail. tail. Uh-huh. But she has she can't grasp words." I thought it was really good. You thought yeah. it was good? That part of the movie was uh, good for not the reasons that they intended. But watching <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio play like a blind religious guy, I thought was really intense. That sounds fun. He's the guy that played Kingpin, by the way. I do like Kingpin. He in Dare, in Daredevil's get it? Netflix. In Daredevil. Yeah. In Netflix's... <laughs> in Daredevil's Netflix. In Daredevil's Netflix. I'm having, the a, Defenders, ro- I'm having a rough time. Yeah, I'm having a tough day. Um, I get it, because Daredevil's blind in the show. And, and he's kind of religious. Is yeah, he's repenting. I don't know if he's a God fearing <laughs> man. Well That's for another show. Certain versions of him are. Maybe not so much. You guys just want to talk about the Marvel Netflix no, universe? I, not, not really. I a little bit do. Instead of Not at all. Mother. Yeah, I mean Mother no, actually I really want to jump in. Mother! 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 Mother. Um Yeah, I that's the thing. Is a lot of people are gonna walk out of this movie and say, That sucked and No, it didn't suck. You didn't like it, and that's fine. It I'm hoping that suck. conversation doesn't necessarily happen. It's going. It's to going to happen, happen a lot. It's going to happen that's a lot. Thing, man. And that's, that's makes me so sad. That's what I try. To, I think it's okay for people not to the, like it. But no, see, and that's, what, see, that's the whole that's point. That's the meta pretension. You like it. 
and think mm. no 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 you as a person like it okay and think it's okay for people not to like it sure people that don't like it do not think it's okay for people to like it yeah because now that's like oh you looking down on me you little film podcast blogger yeah it's like that's what's going to yeah, happen it's, and it's like we talked about it about it comes at night and yeah. this is something that happens and it happens a lot with horror movies because horror movies need to get butts in the seats need yeah. to make a bunch of money on this because it doesn't cost a lot to make horror movies. Uh, definitely, probably cost a, a decent dime to make this movie. Yeah. This was and they true. gotta get butts in the yeah. seats. That's it. And the thing about horror movies are, really at their core, they're set to make you feel uncomfortable. And I think a lot of the horror that goes more towards the mainstream audience desires you're looking for a haunted house with yeah. some spooks and the but true this... true horror i think eats at the anxieties that you have as a person yeah this is definitely a horror movie this is a this is the, this is the movie. scariest movie i've seen ever i've never felt this way during a movie but it's but there are going to be people who say that wasn't scary i didn't see any creepy dolls popping out at me in the dark because the that's that's that, exactly that but that's the thing is <laughs> that's the difference while we're still in the non-spoiler section, I will say something that will make more sense later on. So if you think about not listening to this I podcast, haven't felt this way back. in a theater seeing a movie. The last time I felt this uncomfortable and this self-aware was La La Land. And okay. You can laugh. I'm not going to laugh. But. No. I'm never going to laugh again. It'll come so back. Okay. Yeah, that's also true. I can see where you're coming from because there are moments in La La Land where you're just like, no. In this movie, it's like that, but if I could scream very loud in this apartment, which I will not because I have neighbors. Mm. That's nice of you. It's considerate, unlike the film, to my emotions. Oh, yeah, this movie's not nice. Yeah, this movie is not considerate. This movie's quite rude. There's a reason for it. It's mm -hmm. very. It's on purpose. It's mean. Yeah, it's, it's mean. mean. It's, it's mean. It's mean. It makes you it be is, like, I didn't know he felt that way. It's just really upsetting. Yeah. Well, he could have guessed a certain though. way about someone who feels a certain way about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Are we going to take a break? We can take a break and then we'll break in the... Break in the spoilers. You old boys. <sighs> yeah, I need a break. Are I you think, ready? No, you're the, you're the one that... I think I will feel better talking about, like, the nitty-gritty of the Once movie. Once we can open like, up, I'd really yeah. like to get this out, and that's why I'm kind of, like, I still, uncomfortable I'm still, because I just want in. to talk about it. We're very tense. <laughs> I've had, like, my face in my hands this entire time. I can't even, like, bring myself to text my girlfriend like I've been trying to and I can't do it so my girlfriend was very it. was very sweet to be I told I, her, I was your like, girlfriend is one of the sweetest people I've ever met she's so sweet I was like I'm gonna come back into the apartment and I'm gonna be really quiet and before I can even respond she's like it's the movie I'm like yeah she's like just kiss me tell me, tell me you love me I'm like I'm going I to I think do I need to call things. my mom and, and tell her I love her yeah you should probably she's let asleep. her know um, your mother my mom mother yeah fuck yeah <laughs> You're so um, upset you didn't get that one. Where's your UCB degree now, motherfucker? Yeah, it went, it went with the movie. <laughs> Jeez, we're all mean now. This is what this has done to us. Do I just have to be really sad for you to be super mean to me? This is, uh, that's what I said at the top. I, I, we're supposed to be friends doing this podcast, so this is good. This is a test of friendship here, boys. Should I, I ripped off uh, dur label. during the break, should I, should I plug my best movie moms? My best movie... Mothers! Yeah, that's a good one. Sure. Yeah. It's a little, a little I'm sure everyone, will, everyone right. will appreciate that. We're gonna... 
take a second, stand up, take a breath, shake it out. Um, we'll come back and we'll we'll talk about this movie in depth, which I think is going to be really therapeutic. Um, we'll maybe see if we can get a professional in here in the meantime, because that would probably help. Um, anything else before we? Don't. I'm not going to say go see this movie to everybody. Yeah. I think this is an important movie and unlike anything I've ever seen, but I, I can, don't know if I can blanket say, like, That's you should I go see too. this movie. I like, don't, yeah. When you talk about moms, I'm not going to say to my mom, you should go, I'm going to say, hey, hey, I saw that, that, that new movie, Mother. It was a really amazing film. Um, don't see it. Because of my affiliation with Story Screen and because, like, seeing movies that are important is important and uh, that's my job. I have to see it. I definitely don't recommend it to everybody. Uh, I almost think that, like, hey, if you're hesitant, yeah, you should do your research a little bit. Mm, I don't know. I worry about the... I worry about, like... I'm not really one to, like, worry about, like... Trigger warnings. Trigger warnings and stuff yeah. like that. But this one, I'm like, no. Like, listen, if there's some things that happen to you, like, I'm not going to say go see this movie. This I'm actually kind of sensitive. Not I'm sensitive, like, I needed a trigger warning, but I'm sensitive to those who might have... Who might be affected by some of the visuals I see in this movie? I'm like, listen, if you got some shit happening to you, happen to you, you're like, you'll, you don't need. It's okay. This movie, it's okay. Like, it's okay. This movie is an anxiety attack waiting to happen. Yeah, like if you if you like these like really high art cerebral like you will leave unchanged kind of movies, like this is the one. This is one of them. If you enjoy Darren Aronofsky's types of movies, like I love The Wrestler and I love Black Swan, this is an evolution of. Those films, um, but it's it's going somewhere. I think it's easy to say to people, hey, did you see Requiem for a Dream? How did that make you feel? Okay, think about that. Are you interested in seeing another movie like even, that? I would even go so far as to say worse. Worse. Oh, for sure. That's gotta be that's probably the best thing to put on the poster. <laughs> Remember how you felt when you saw Requiem for a Dream? Worse. This is worse. Worse. That's how you. That's how you get butts in the theater. Uh, I think that's how you accurately explain it. Yeah, I yeah, mean I it's real. Like I love how they they said like from the director of Requiem for a Dream and Black Swan, not Pi and Noah. Yeah, no. Well, and that's but that's the thing also that's, is because that's to get people in the seats for that. You're getting a little bit of Black Swan and a little bit of Requiem for a Dream for sure, and a lot more. Right, but if you say that going in, and you say, oh, this is going to make you feel bad, then you're going to get people going in saying, it didn't make me feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad. No, no that cried. didn't make me feel bad. I could I was, see that. I was holding the back towards the end. I, I cried. Enough. Yeah. At the end, or like, doesn't matter. It doesn't, uh, doesn't really matter. Very close to the end, and then the ending really, really hit me back there. And I was like, "Oh, I thought I got it out," but then they. The last act, like that's when I, I was like, "I'm like a fucking broken." All right, person. you guys, we, we yeah, we want to get into, into the it. Yeah, of this. Yeah, so no, you're right. we're gonna take a break. We'll come back with more. Stay tuned. Mother, 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 <laughs> mother. I need my mother. I need my mother. Guys, yeah. I'm fun again. Yeah. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, hey everybody, thanks for listening to another great episode of Story Screen Presents. <sighs> this is Mike Burge. Just wanted to come in here real quick to tell you about a great little article over on StoryScreenBeacon.com. 
I wrote it, so it's it's okay. Details uh, some of my favorite movie moms, or in this case, some of my favorite movie mothers. mothers. <laughs> so you should go over and check it out. Sarah Connor, Beatrix Kiddo, and other great movie moms. You talk about Harry Potter's mom? I talk about Mrs. Weasley. She's a good mom. She's a good mom. She's a good mom. Lily Potter didn't have a lot to do. No, but she's a great mom, though. Oh, she's, she's a very, very, very good mom. Very good mom. But you're right. She just doesn't have a lot of screen time. Yeah, more, yeah. more to talk about. So go and check that out. Okay. I hope you enjoyed the rest of this podcast. Me too. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs>last chance to turn around and go see this thing for yourself without any sort of you should go in without any preconceived notion I think that's the most important thing just let it wash over you and form your own opinions afterwards and we're going to try to form our opinions right now um, where do we start do you want to say that thing Robbie that you could barely contain before oh I said that this movie makes me hate critics Ah. Wow. That is not, that what, is I not what I thought you were going to say either. I, I Yeah, guess what? So I know. Mike, no, you, you didn't know. You ready? Three, two, one. Christianity. What'd you say? Creatives. Oh. I, get, I think all three are at play. Yeah. Well, I mean... It's funny, though, that we all... The movie has heavy biblical references. Absolutely. The movie is very much about Darren Aronofsky critiquing himself. Yeah, the God complex of the creator. And it's very much about of the artist. The idea of a the creative mind and the toll that it takes on both them, but more specifically the people around them. Yeah. As much the as the people s- closest to them. They're as, they're so called mm-hmm. muse. Uh to to label them that in the way that is uh derogatory as far as this fucking movie is this is not a movie i feel like i don't understand there's some movies i leave where i'm like that was really like heady i have to really think about it this movie i feel like i i get it and i don't disagree with anything that it's saying it makes me the reason i say it makes me hate like critics the reason it was in the spoiler free chunk is that and we kind of got into it um like, I didn't read a review, because I went into this movie pretty cold, but I did read one review from, uh, it, it was actually a video game website, um, but they do do really good, like, uh, movie and TV reviews, but, uh, they gave it a 6.5, and I just, like, saw that, and I was like, I just feel like this movie seems like you it's... shouldn't read those fucking No, things. I think it's okay, I can make my own opinion on it. You yeah. can do whatever the fuck you want, I just don't think that you should read reviews before you go see a movie. My point is, Definitely. Um, I, agree with that. I just was like, I don't think that you can judge this movie on a scale that you can also judge like transformers on like i don't know like that's 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 why the whole number scale doesn't work no you're you're scaling all of these movies from different genres different filmmakers that are dealing with different things and you're scaling them all on the yeah. same fucking scale of, and to of, those websites percentage and it's like yeah. it doesn't make any fucking which, sense which i'm sure they know too why but. you just said recently i hate Rotten Tomatoes. I hate Rotten Tomatoes. That's why I like Rotten Tomatoes, because Rotten Tomatoes is not an aggregation of the score, numerical score, that critics give films. It's the percentage aggregation of how many reviews were positive versus how many were negative. The percentage that you get on Rotten Tomatoes has nothing to do with the actual numerical score a critic gives a review, a movie. It's 
how many were fresh and how many were rotten. Right. So how many were positive and how many were negative. Yeah, but that's that's just which is only the most basic level of what is the overall color of the reception to this movie, which mm-hmm. is why I like Rotten Tomatoes because if you see a movie with a hundred percent fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, chances are it's going to be pretty good. If you see a movie with 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, so half the people that saw it liked it, and half the people that saw it did not like it. Can't you just go see a movie and see if you like it? Sure. Of course. But, at the end of the day, like this is a, this is a commercial industry. Right. You... At the end of the day, like people's dollars are at stake. I have no problem not with anymore. a single critic reviewing a film... Whether it's a, a sentence, a paragraph, a full-on essay, and then giving it a nice little six point five out of ten at the bottom. Yeah. What I don't like is this ridiculously uh, computerized thing where it's like we're going to take everybody, anybody that's got the wherewithal to be able to create a username and a password, the power and they can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, but that's not what it is either because. Let's not go too too far down this this discussion rabbit hole. But the reason I will say Rotten Tomatoes works for me personally is because you can gauge the overall reception. I think it's and that's and that's the whole thing, and you're absolutely right. That's what Rotten Tomatoes is there for. Uh, my whole argument against Rotten Tomatoes is that I don't think that a thing like that needs to exist. You should be able to just watch a movie and see if you like it or not without being told by the masses that it, whether or not it's worth seeing or not. Sure, but that's coming from a place of someone who is very much devoted to seeing as much movies as possible. Oh, absolutely. Whereas I'm saying that... But the, no, no, it, cases, but it's also, have... this is a thing that's that's killing people watching movies. People will see like, oh, it got a 55%. I'm not going to go fucking see it because it sucks. But they haven't even seen it. Well, but that's the thing is the tool is you can use a tool in a, you can use a, a hammer to build a house or you can use a hammer to cave somebody's skull in. It's still a tool. It depends on how you use it. Yeah. I mean, like Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic really helped me when I was writing my uh, Spider-Man article. And that's the you thing know? is like it's time and money are limited resources for everyone. Determining where you're going to spend your time and money is something that there are useful tools to help you do that. Yeah. And if you're the kind of person that sees a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes and says, oh, that movie must be terrible, I'm not going to go see it, well, that that's how you use the tool. But if you're someone that says 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, very divisive movie, maybe maybe this is something that's interesting to me. Right. But that's because not, it's challenging again, like you people. said, like that's not how the masses treat it. Yeah, well, when they'll you, say if it's oh, if it's below 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, I won't go see it. And that what, hurts the movie industry. It does. But look at what you have what look, listen. When it comes to the masses, don't trust the fucking masses. That's what Rotten Tomatoes is. No, the the Rotten Tomatoes is an aggregation of the masses opinion on a movie. No. Critics' opinion on it. No, there's critics, and then there's everybody else. It all gets put together. You got a critical button. You got the critical and the user, right? The right user, there, yeah. but the user is the one that comes up when you just Google it. No, you got to go to the Rotten Tomato no, page to no, actually no, see no, the percentage is critical. It's the critical. Yeah, there is also a user score, but the percentage that you see on a movie is is the critic score. Yes. I think I, you know, I would. I think it's a necessary evil. I think there. I wish there was a perfect world where 
because we're involved in this critiquing process as well. We're not giving scores to things, which I think is good. Like when I wrote my free fryer review, I didn't give it a six or seven out of blah, blah, blah. I just told you how I felt about it. And I left you to do that. And there are plenty of like, when it comes to video games and movies, there are plenty of websites that do not commit to a score. They just tell you how they felt. And maybe they will say, and like how we do during hot takes, what we did literally 20 minutes ago was say, see this movie or not. This one's a little tough. And I think this, this is the movie that's really, these movies are good in the way that they <coughs> challenge critical reception, perception right. and audience reception perception and that's great that's the other thing we were talking about before i'm super excited about what the reception of this movie is going to be the tale on this movie from critics that i like i i follow and that like i either agree with or disagree with and i'll read like you know like there's there's many critics out there where i'm like fuck yeah i want to read anything you have whether i agree with it or disagree with because the points you're making are awesome that's and then there's also critics that i read always that i i disagree with every single fucking time but that's why but we're the here. But they're amazing because they're informative and they're really good at, at what they're doing, whether they... That's why we're here talking to this microphone because we believe that personality-based opinion is valuable. Yeah. So now that we discussed why we're here... <laughs> I just don't like degrading it down to numbers. That's fair. Which no, I think we all can fair. actually agree I think we with. all agree I think that. we Absolutely. all agree on that. But, and you can, you know, it, it's not making excuses. You can, you can define what the, what the algorithm actually is and go, that's why it works. It's a tool. And I can't argue that because that's exactly what it's doing. It was made to do that. Yeah. But it, it doesn't dissuade me from the fact that like, it, it, it's just a, it, it's an absolute fact that Rotten Tomatoes is one of the things that is destroying the movie industry yeah, I mean, and people going out to movies. Actually, like there that. was very recently. Something. I read it. Yeah. Okay. So no, that's <laughs> you not disagree. That, I completely disagree. <laughs> you disagree with that. with that tool because it's not an absolute. It's it's not like oh, just like Rotten Tomatoes. It's more nuanced. Uh-huh. And they should have a podcast about it because then you get the personal. But the problem is that the masses don't always sit down and listen to an hour-long discussion on anything. You're, very, tell, you're very telling true. me. They want they to they 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 go see a movie, but they want to make sure that it's worth their time, and they want the they instant, want it now. They, instant They want it now. What is it, 76? Mmm. What do we think, guys? We want to go see a 76% movie? Okay, let's go do it. But if it drops below that, like this movie right now, Mother is sitting at a comfortable seventy six percent. At seventy six is probably with a six point five out of ten overall, which is you know probably yeah. coming from something that you saw, what you read, Robbie, and yeah. other things that are out there. And I'm super surprised that it's sitting at that right now. But after this weekend, I have a feeling that that's going to go down. The, numbers, I don't know. the I think, number has steadily been going down the longer that uh, review embargoes have been out. Because when the first reviews came out from this, probably the film festival reviews, the people going to film festivals, to add another layer of pretension to this, yeah. it was a lot higher. I think it was in the 90s, and it's dropped down to 76, because you have people, yeah. I don't know. Not, to, not I, even to I criticize Not that, even to criticize like, criticism, yeah. but you know, you have people from newspapers going out and seeing this movie, and maybe it's, they're going to say, that movie's fucked up, don't go see this movie. I'm going to give it a bad score. <sighs> Mother's a perfect example of it's like, it's what you take into it. And that's what film is. It's an art. You know, like you've got things like Transformers and stuff like that, that Rotten Tomatoes works just fine for. Oh, which one's the worst? Look at the Rotten Tomatoes score. You can probably figure out which one's worst. Yeah. But when it comes to like these small movies or these big movies that are really trying to say something personal, 
these kind of scores can be insanely detrimental to how successful this movie is. And that determines the success. That's exactly what this fucking movie is talking about too. It's like this, it, it can be a huge detriment that does not need to be there. It only serves the lazy and the callous. It serves no one else than that other than the people that are just like, well, it's there, I might as well use it. Right, but I'm saying the lazy and the callous are the majority. Of course. Just because it's working for everybody doesn't mean it should be something that's operational. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, I only said that publication's name because it was a local place that I know of off the top of my head. I'm not throwing any shade at that specific Oh, it's okay. We already publication. Cut it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Okay. We already edited cool. around it. Cool, cool, cool. People listening aren't even going to know what you're talking about. They're not even going to know what I'm talking about. Through the magic of editing. But I wouldn't wouldn't throw a specific place under the bus. Of course. That's just the first one. We were just talking about that. We were just talking about that. Well, we got to edit that out, too. Um, Uh, So, We've now gone 15 minutes into the spoiler. All right, so hold on, hold on, hold on. I think that all three of us have a pretty good opinion of this movie. Robbie, critical, the critics... Jack, Christianity, and me, the the creative mind. Mm. So why don't we go around and say... That is a fascinating nugget that we all had. We knew, we thought we knew exactly what Robbie was going to say. It's funny that you were like, hey! And we all all had had three different things. That's amazing, actually. And none none of us are wrong. Let's let's, let's go down that. So, well, I think I kind of, I think we kind of, that's what spurred us into this conversation, but... uh, the reason the movie makes me hate critics, but I think the movie itself is commenting on criticism. I, I think we kind of already dive into. I would much rather. That's what this. That was that whole. That was what seventeen that was. minutes was. I'd rather dive into next, Jack, uh, Christianity. Come on, Jack. Let us dive into you. Well, I mean, very just seventy six percent. Very clearly, I think it is. <laughs> Fuck you. I loved it, though. I was very proud of it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go, go, go. Okay. Please. I mean, they... Do we want to talk about that scene? Okay. Which scene? There <sighs> Bardem, very clearly a god figure being worshipped by the mass... By humans, by humanity. He also right? is the and nexus humanity, of rebirth and destruction. Right, exactly. He's yeah. the creator. Motherfucker's got a 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh Can God. you die? All right. Can you stop? Last Are you done? Last one. Yeah, <laughs> get it out of your system. Got my now, point across, all right? I think you did. Let's start talking about this actual movie now. Yeah. we got to digest this thing. Mm. Um, he is the creator, right? And through basically the sacrifice of Women, which Christianity is super good at totally... Totally good at doing that. Totally rejecting the woman in yeah. the entire idea of, of godliness. Um, takes the his creation, his son, and sacrifices it to humanity who does nothing but destroy... And consume. And consume. Seemingly for no reason. Really fun, uh, Cain and Abel to be closer there, to Tim. him. Yeah, that's why two brothers it. showing up. Right. Yeah, Cain and Abel. You got sure. Adam and Eve, Ed and Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer show up, and they're they got their problems, and they're like, oh, da, 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 da. and then they got two sons played by actual brothers, which I loved. Oh wait, really? That's Dom Hall Gleason and Stephen Gleason, Gleason oh. Brendan Gleason's sons. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and it's, I mean, so I mean Dom, Dom Hall Gleason. You guys know him. Yes, yeah, he's in fucking every other movie. He's in fucking Star. And I will say this right now. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. This is confirmation. Dom Hall Gleason is on a motherfucking run. 
Because this guy is a star wars. No, no, no. This is a Darren Aronofsky movie. This is the cap. You think so? I think so. I mean, right. even the dude from Girls got into Star Wars. So, like, I, he's I, great in that look, movie. I love Adam Driver. I'm just kidding. He's I'm great kidding. in that I'm kidding. movie. I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm, I'm trying to lighten it up because we're about to get dark as fuck. Jack had to hold me back. I almost fight Burge. I got I to gotta check the tape here, but I'm pretty sure in one of those scenes, McLovin was an extra for, like, a second. Shut your mouth. I swear to God. Really? I'm pretty sure. We got to check the tape. I would love that. That would be awesome. Is that a good segue into Critics? Uh, Kristen Wiggs. Oh yeah, amazing wow, cameo. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they were able to keep that under under wraps. Yes, like definitely. Yeah. If you looked at IMDb, you probably fucking saw it, but I'm I wasn't looking at anything like that before going into this movie. I actually I wanted to go nice and cold. Yeah. Her showing up, the role that she plays, absolutely fucking perfect. Oh, Which awesome. is Wig. I absolutely applaud you. Get you on, one come of the, on the show. best things that we've got going on. It's man. gonna be detrimental tomorrow when there are headlines that are like oh you won't believe the Kristen Wiig cameo in mm-hmm. Mother like fuck come on let and me you guys that. never thought you'd see John Hamm fuck a pig go see Mother yeah it's false advertising that's, that's, a, black, that's a Black Mirror episode, yeah mm-hmm. uh, pretty close that's a mixture <laughs> spoiler alert that's what you're good at uh, <clears throat> um uh, I don't know what else do you want me to say about the Christianity. There's, metaphor? there's like, many. Christianity there's a lot. I mean, yeah. there's a lot in there, but that's pretty much the crux of it. There's so much Christian imagery in there. Crux. Yeah. Um, thank you. Ooh, nice. Well, he did it. I yeah, just, no, I just gave him a nice soft. Um. So yeah. So let's just, we can do like the broad. Stro- I don't know why I feel like I'm hosting. We could do like the broad strokes of those ideas, and now Burge, give us the authorship, and, artist as creator. God complex. Cool. <laughs> what, you weren't ready? No, no. I, I'm, I'm preparing, I'm going to get real for a minute here. Uh, prepare for four to five minutes solid of Mike Burge audio. I'm going to try and keep it brief. We'll see. Five minutes. Give me a tight five. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot for three. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, I am, I am, uh, I am a very creative person. Oh boy! I Let am, me get comfortable yeah. here. I am, I am addicted <coughs> to creating things. I want to constantly make things. I I've uh, produced uh, uh, several albums with local musicians as like small projects. I've done pop up uh, art gallery presentations. I've done pop up movies and created this website and. Uh, this podcast that you guys have helped me build into like the mother mother that it mother. is uh, I've ripped off another label I I, I am constantly <laughs> trying to fulfill my idea of what my self worth is through the art that I can create and what I can do and this sometimes more often than not, will come at the sacrifice of other things in my life that are very important. I have gone through things in my life that have made me really good at doing some of the projects that I'm a part of, and I've had some of the projects that I've been a part of destroy the parts of my life that were really good. And without going too much into detail about it. This movie 
hits in that same tone that, like, again, like I said before, La La Land, one of the tiny things that they deal with in La La Land is the idea that sometimes you can have somebody that inspires you to be the best version of yourself, but that best version of yourself doesn't necessarily need to end up with that person that inspired you in the first place, the idea of a muse. Right. This movie has elements of that that are very aggressively thrown in there. And it's very sad, too, because my privilege to others, which is the plight that I have, which is the fact that I'm a white male, straight, is that romantically, the people that I am more often than not going to hurt are women. And women are already in a place of complete weakness and fragile state in this world just because of the world and the way that it's been built around them and the way operations operate. They've been oppressed into this position. It's just how it is. So this movie in many ways is dealing with the oppression of women, which Jack touched on with the Christianity, but it moves beyond that too, which is where I was talking about with the fact that Jennifer Lawrence is the character here. Jennifer Lawrence, as I think you guys know, some of our listeners may not, was uh, a victim of the 4chan thing where they released many celebrity private photos yeah. of herself nude. Yes. And... It was a complete, just a horrible, disgusting thing to do to a human being. But because she's a celebrity, a lot of people think that it's okay. And it's the same thing with creative people. Because, that, because they are creating for the masses, and because they think that what they're doing is being accepted and is universally for the most part, glorified. They think that they can not pay that much attention to those that are closest to them, whether they're their muse or their significant other or the person that is literally raising their child or growing their child inside of them. They're a tool tool. for their creation. Exactly. Because they cannot create themselves right they're, they're, that's that's the entire point behind having the artist be a man and the muse and the muse being a woman right is that she can do something that he cannot that's what comes at the the uh what, what, like the titular line when he's like i'm his father i'm his mother. mother mother i actually really wanted them to end it after that but i'm super happy they didn't because I, I wanted the last line of the movie to be the name of the movie, which is Mother with an exclamation point. I thought when we went full circle uh, to the engulfed in flame scene, that was when it was going to end. Yeah. And we got some more stuff that I was like, I could have, I could have done without the last. No, time. absolutely not. I don't know. Because that's at the end of the day, There's... when you, when you use up the person that you have been siphoning this creative knowledge out of, not that they're coming up with the ideas. It's just that they're helping you be able to do it. When that's all done and everything, the home that you've built and the life that you've built and everything that you've built is burned to the ground and even them themselves, they're fucking dead and gone, you still linger them on just enough to be able to say, 
I still I get to keep this. the memory of you. I need to one more thing. Again. I've given you and everything. And I take it out of you. The love that you had for me, I'm going to use to create again. And that's so. the line at the end of the movie when she says, you never loved me. You loved how much I, I loved, loved you. you. And that's what the crystal is. And he takes it. That's why no, he, I, I he reacts so hard when he when, when it breaks. His last muse. It's his last muse. Yeah. And it's like, that's... I cared so much, but the work is more important. I, I get that, well, but I think that was already explicit, and they didn't need those scenes to be that explicit at the end with him like reaching into her. No, I really think it's. I I think it's to hammer it I, home. I I need like really to hammer it home. That's, and, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Is they, that was really. I mean, that's the whole point of the and opening showing, and the idea of like she rebuilt the house and everything like that. It's well, you it was need a different and it was to, a different woman in the yeah, opening. Like it's it was a, new a different muse. face being burned up, and you see a new mm -hmm. like. And it's like Darren Aronofsky himself. Like I, I, I really want to give great amount of respect and kudos to him for doing this because I cannot imagine how fucking painful this movie was for him to make. I mean, Darren Aronofsky has, has been in relationships publicly backlash. That, that and 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 the fact and that he's, he's with Jennifer Lawrence in a relationship with Jennifer Lawrence. It's ah! insane. It's insane. Yeah. It is very insane. And I think that the entire, you know, event like we were talking about before, the event uh, of her like just the misogyny that for most of the movie is just like the casual misogyny that we're yes. all used to and many of us are this guilty movie of reminds knowing me of about really quick is you know it's it's happening all throughout the movie this kind of casual just like get no, the no, ice no, no, no. get no, no, the no, no, pen no, 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 no. get the blanket and it eventually get... boils up into this moment where jennifer lawrence is being beaten on the ground by a pack of people by the masses by the fans of just like by fans in general. At that point, it transcends Calling, the movie when, and what, what they're they, talking what about they with Harvey Bardem's character. And they're just ripping her clothes off and revealing her wow. breasts. And and that's the exact big thing that was revealed. But they're, they're also in calling her the four chan thing, and they're yeah. showing it as if it's and they're t they're completely taking it away. They're calling they're, her. They're taking the power back names, in, the, in the only like, way that they can. Yeah, yeah. They're calling her like you know. Cunt, slut, slut, whore, tease. fucking bitch. Yeah, yeah. they're just those going are. That's just the comments of like when that shit was on 4chan. I'm sure, like, and that's what I was saying before when we were talking about like in the non-spoiler part, like how disgusting yes. this movie makes me feel, and Dirty. how I hope it makes everybody feel disgusting. Yeah, not because I want people to feel bad about themselves, but I think it's it's a hard exclamation point about we need to fucking check ourselves and understand that the things that we think are okay just because they've been happening for a long time need to fucking stop because we're fucking hurting people whether you fucking think so or not and we're hurting over fucking 50 percent of the planet and just fucking stop i think it's like 51 percent actually yeah i uh i'd love it if it was 52 i want to just throw up the law. I think this is a monster movie. The monster being, um, what's the name of the, what's the actor's name? Who plays Javier him? Bardem. Javier Bardem. He is the monster. Uh, and just to kind of pitch why I feel this way, uh, he is the auteur, the artist. This god complex is actually like, he is some kind of supernatural being that is revealed by the end of the movie. 
Uh, I think it's more... I know we can say... Metaphorical. Nothing's meant to be taken literal. That, like, he survived the fire. Sure. But this is my... But this is why, like... I love diving into these movies with, like, understanding the literal context of the movie, even though it could be metaphorical. That's why, like, I really love... And I think my guest article is very well-received because it took me diving into that movie to understand, like, the realistic confines of what the movie actually is. To Your understand, guest article is, like, one of my favorite things. To, but that's how you understand the empathy of the character because yeah. you have to understand what the thing is. And I'm not saying to give empathy to this monster. What I am saying, though, is that if we look at the movie and maybe don't look at those scenes as, oh, he's... This is all metaphorical. This is the director kind of like maybe expertly just like really showing you, like really opening the subtext and like putting it on the forefront. Let's just take the movie literally as it is without thinking about like what it's for for the audience. SWAT teams are coming in. People who are fans of his work, who have been fans of his work, are coming in. I think that in the world of this movie, there's a general understanding that he might be this creature. I think that he has been this creature who has been doing this to women for such a long time that he's been cultivating this following and there are certain people who know from reading his poetry who he is to the point now that there are other people who know who he is and they're sending in SWAT teams and people to destroy this home because maybe there's an understanding of this supernatural thing at stake and what's happening. So that's that's why I think that this is, at the end of the day, a monster movie, but the subtext is all the things we've been talking about, which is like what the conversation around this movie would be. But I do think at the heart, I think this is a monster movie. The auteur being the monster, the auteur being able to throughout being emolted and destroyed and everything falling by his side. He He cannot be destroyed and he can rebuild and he can turn the literal moves on to his next project, moves on to his next project, but also like the, the foil, the foliage and destruction that he, that was, done by people who were attacking him, he can just make green again with another person. Which is where the, going, circling back to the Christianity themes, mm-hmm. the amount of destruction and violence that surrounds faith. Oh yeah. All the crusades and beyond. <laughs> like, I mean, crusades, nothing. Like, yeah. most violence, a lot of human on human violence boils down to faith and yeah. belief. Yes. And as the creator, it's all happening around him. And he is just letting, trying to contain all of this. But humanity takes that faith and turns, I mean, you see it in the house. It just turns the violence time and time again, often for almost no reason. These people are lining up to get autographs from him as or the creator. Just, or just like take a piece of the home that And just destroying them. everything yeah. around him. And he refuses time and time again to disown them and to turn them away because he is as the creator he needs this sort of uh that's what he wanted right he needs this i don't want them to leave exactly he doesn't want them to leave because that is what he thrives on is that faith and it is that's the it becomes destructive almost immediately constantly so that's that's how i took a lot of the 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 executions and the war zones that the house becomes is humanity reacting yeah. to faith in such a violent, destructive way. And of but course, you're like not the, wrong either. And you know, right? Well, that's, that's why it's really funny. It's like it the critical lens levels. that you talked about, and the Christianity level that Jack talked about, and the creative level that I talked about. 
all are correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because they are all at play here. Right. And it's fun how they 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 overlap onto each other because the idea of like, you know, God is the creator. Right. And he is our he is our judger. He yeah. Criticizes us. He and looks at us and he throws his critique out there. And it all kind of we were all coming from we were all looking at the same thing, but looking at it from these different lenses that I think were all put there on purpose. There is a yeah. line in this movie where he says, this all affects everyone differently in regards to his poem. And that's yeah. also a great thing with yeah, the poem, the fact that he is a writer. He's a poet. And that he writes this thing that like, and, and uh, that, like the darkest part, that's when I started crying was when um, the guy, who's also from A History of Violence, which I don't know his name, he's one of the original two guys from the beginning, he's the dude that's bald at the end. Yeah. Who has the tattoo of the That's got the tattoo, yeah. yeah. Well, got the, the, the ink mark from... Oh, yes. Is yes the, from right. the writer's thumb. Yeah. Um, he gets stabbed. When he, he starts telling her, it's like, no, it's okay. It's all right. You can still hear it. There's a voice. And he reads the poem that he wrote. We find out the poem that he wrote the was what he, he was saying. Which I said to you, write that down, write that down, write that down. Write that yeah, down. which he was saying off the cuff at the table when they right. asked him to speak. Yeah. Right. And I, I love, too, the, the there's a lot of there's a lot of meanness in this movie, too, where she's, Jennifer Lawrence is standing around and is just baffled by why no one is paying attention to her in these brief solemn moments. And everybody's just like kind of throwing her to the side. Like you don't, you don't matter. No, no, no. Your house. Yeah. Yeah. Even though she fucking built this. Well, that's that's thing. why, but it's, she, when, when they say like, when Javier Bardem finally turns to her, because it's never malicious. Yeah. Javier Bardem's relationship to her is never presented as something that is, outwardly abusive and something that is uh, disdainable or just like terrible it's it's the casual way that we as men can be misogynists towards women even the woman in our life that is the most important to us he neglects her he neglects her but when he finally turns her he goes say something yeah say something and she's just like everybody's looking at her. That was Ed Harris. That and and, and Harris, like, and, but, but Javier Bardem looks at her and goes, "Go, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, you're my you, wife. You like, I'm, I'm the poet. They're here for me. Ed Harris wants you, you to say something. Go." And she has. She's. I. That's like I'm what just, I just. I yeah. just. I. I'm so sorry for your child. And Javier Bardem corrects her. It's like children, because one's dead and one's run yeah. off. Right. And it's it's the it's this passive aggressive, uh, just ownership as yeah. if like she is a thing, she's just as much furniture in the house as the rest of the furniture. She's a thing that can be used for the thing that it's supposed to do: wash your hands in the sink, sit on the couch, yeah. kneel on the chair, and oh, there's a woman there. You need to go get the bandages, clean that broken glass. Get me a pen. Get, get me the a ice. pen. Go get the ice. Go get the ice. Yeah, go yeah. do the things that I don't want to do because you're a part of this house. And that's why when everybody, when she says, like, this is my house, like, get out of my house. Well, the house. Like, you are but, part of the house. Well, the house is her child. That's why when she can lean against it, there's an organism beating. Like, the house is. I was, I am for, 
Okay, so what'd you, what'd, you get I, what'd you get? Yeah. So I was gonna actually that was my next kind of because that, that's a really big one that kind of disassociates itself from. the We film. haven't gotten into it, and like, it does feel almost like an outlier to like the, what's happening in the movie. It really is. Whenever that happens, when she touches her hand, she puts her face the, against yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And, and she sees like she this can, kind of motion of a heart beating or but, something like. But also, yeah, uh, when Ed Harris pukes in the toilet, and the that same organism is in the toilet. It was a heart. Blood. It was a heart. Yeah. So, and you see the heart gradually every time she leans in to listen to it. Slowly getting worse. Darker. Yeah, darker. It's blackening. It, it's mm-hmm. a cancerous it's, sort of I always, reaction. While, watch, did, while watching it, and I think that I would probably have a different idea now that I've seen the entire third act. Right. While watching it, I was like, oh, the idea of home is dying. Because yeah. her home is being invaded For by these me. people. And every time something like that happens, it gets a little weaker and a little weaker and a little weaker. And now... Thinking about it in retrospect, I think that idea still holds for me. But what, what do you? I think think? It, I think it can be that. For me, the way I understood it is that um, in the beginning of the movie, um, Michelle Pfeiffer's character is like, you don't even understand what it's like to be a mother. You don't get it. Um, but the thing is, like, she has she has a child Batman. already. There's this organism that is the house. The house is her first child well she built it she built it she created she, i it. created this thing from wall to wall i'm the one who's doing this i'm the one who made the hummus to put on the wall she makes all that hummus to put on the that wall. Extra, she, she makes it extra spicy extra then. spicy red pepper hummus yeah, yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> also so there's there's a few so jumping off i did think it was like cinnamon when yeah, yeah. it was weird she's drinking i'm like oh she's drinking the apple juice and now her fears go away yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that hummus looks too plain more spice more spice that's good. Let's get the chips. Um, so she's... It's a pretty good idea. Yeah, well, I'm always... Spread hummus on the wall. I'm like, get the chips. Get the chips. Get the hummus we, off the wall. Oh, I this thought you way meant, better. It's a good idea to get some hummus while we podcast, because, like, I'm not... No one wants, no one wants to hear it. No one wants to hear that. That's crunchy. So the, those, these are the two things that kind of, like, the third act kind of throws away-ish. Um, but it's her... And this is, like, I also... I don't fully... Comp- I don't... Fully know. I I feel like I, my perception of what the house is makes sense. It's the thing she created, so she kind of gives it in her mind's eye this organism. That's her perception. The house isn't actually an organism, but she sees this thing, so she gives it this like idea of like you're a beating living thing, um, and that's how she sees it when she leans against it. The piss water apple juice that she drinks, I don't fully understand. I assume that they yeah. were yeah. Like kind of uh, painkillers. Yeah, because Michelle Pfeiffer has that line where like, "Do you have any painkillers in the house?" And she's like, "No." She she yeah. she hesitates because we've seen her drink it twice when she's like feeling pain. Well, really, when you when you want to think about the, the third act, especially in the the rest of the context of the movie, in the third act, it is the love that Javier Bardem takes from his previous muse mm-hmm. in the glass and restores the house that is the actual because when. He places the glass in place, and the house is restored around them. Yeah, the muse, the new muse, which for the at the beginning of this movie is Jennifer Lawrence, has already restored the house and is of the impression that she has. She is the one that has restored the house. Where really, it's the previous muse that has brought the house back to life. So the house in itself is another layer of the supernatural being that Javier Bardem is like. 
he needs the house is also organism, right? Much like, but it is the love of his previous muse that brings the whole thing back. Maybe the house is the. Well, I'm not gonna say that. And they never well, again, leave the house. I think That's it, also I think important. that there's yes. she cannot leave the house. There's something that you, there's something that you can take from the literal dissection of this movie. Right. And the metaphorical dissection of this movie. Both you are know, I think I yeah. think both are applicable and I think that they're supposed to work in tandem together. Yeah. I honestly to think I, to like I, what, re- I refer to the movie as a monster movie because I think it helps me kind of digest it. Right. It kind of makes it like make me not have like one less nightmare tonight. The but literal <laughs> aspect of the movie needs to work for the metaphorical yeah. layer to have any sort of meaning. Mm-hmm. And you can see this movie in the the literal monster movie context. For sure. And it, then it, apply it, all yeah. the subtext to it. Subtext doesn't work if there's no text. Yeah, that's why I think like the only thing is the the only um it, it's almost I really don't actually like the weird medicine thing she drinks because whenever she has perceptions of maybe the metaphorical taking shape over the literal, she takes the the medicine and then it goes away. Um, and then when she's pregnant, she's like, "Well, I can't be taking these because I can't right. smoke weed when I'm pregnant." Right. I'm thinking that it's this kind of both like it's but being almost... treated literally as a painkiller and metaphorically as when she's feeling like Javier Bardem's love is drifting away from her when it's being pulled away. She needs. Right. She take takes this. it and she falls away and she and she falls she back be, into becomes complacent. Like right. Yeah. yeah. And I. I really feel like that's all there is to grasp at it, but my, at the end of the day, I I would say maybe I don't fully understand. So my it. my fear of it, my in the thing that makes me like almost not like it as a device in the movie, is when she gets rid of it, all the wild shit in the house starts happening, and I would hate for it to get thrown away. Of like, she's not taking her medicine; it's all fake. No, no. I think no. when you introduce a, a I, thing, it takes away the yeah, supernatural I, visual. I of think a that movie, you're you're leaning towards one side. When the right when the director he meant it for another side okay. he was like she's you doing this to succumb the pain okay, that she's yes. doing and now she cannot do it you anymore. see though I guess like I don't feel that way but you see how I can you're be absolutely afraid. right people may infer like that's that. like and what that's, I'm that's, of. that's a that's a that's a weird thing like that's the whole thing with it too where it's like the the. Is it real or is it not? Yeah, the asthma, you don't really like, have yeah, it. It's like no, no asthma's like a real thing. No 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 doc asthma's a real thing like. You shouldn't be doing this in a movie, no. like, because that, 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 nope, but nope. I think it's the complete opposite. It's not that when she stops taking the medicine, she hallucinates everything. It's mm-hmm. when she stops taking the medicine, she's no longer subdued, subduing herself yeah. so that she realizes everything that's actually gone on. The supernatural elements of the movie are the reality, and then right. when she takes the medicine, it kind of makes everything normal in, but then in, like, allegorically makes her complacent. There was a point in this movie and I think like really it's 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 really interesting that you had the take of the critic, Mike had the take of the create of the creator, creator and I had the take of the literal like Christian metaphor because yeah. there was a certain point of the, during this movie where I just stopped and thought like is she just in hell? Yeah. I mean she is. She is. She is in a version of hell for she sure. She is trapped. Yeah. She cannot escape from this no. reality that she exists in. No, yeah. It's definitely a version of hell that's happening. Yeah. Um, but... That, and it also seems like this is the creation of the antithesis of God because you have a 
an opponent to God being yes. created here because you can see her turn on Javier Bardem by the end of the movie where she is and this is where I thought they were going with it it doesn't really resolve that way in the end but you can see her slowly turning on him even though he does extract the, the final bit of love from her well but he she does try to kill him but apparently that's a part of the cycle right is the muse rejecting God right um, and I I saw it as is this supposed like, to be the like origin of a devil sort of figure, but really more so it's the demonization of women as this kind yeah. of like provocative negative energy. Well, it's like right. when I think that uh, when you think about uh, in, in biblical context, when you think about mm-hmm. Mary, the virgin mother of God, mm-hmm. and Mary you know, Magdalene, and Mary was, Magdalene, yeah, yeah you you know th- those that's people. Uh, historically may have called those women before the Bible was written. If this is, if we're understanding it in a literary context. Like a Judeo-Christian context. In a, yeah. It's a narrative. Yeah. Um, these people might have called them sluts, horse cunts. Right. Teases, things like that. It's like, oh, you, oh, you saying that you're a virgin, but you somehow got impregnated? Like, right. the most pious figure. Yeah. The most pious female figure in all of Christian uh, literature is... A virgin. But then, like, you know, Jesus would die for the sins, but Jesus is also consumed by the masses right. on a I daily mean, basis. Like, like how that's how that's such a literal before about like how like literal do you want to get when yeah uh, when they're uh, eating Javier Bardem. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Even before that, when uh, Javier Bardem and I, we keep referring to them too. I don't think we've pointed this out that nobody in this. Movie I checked has the names. IMDb before the movie. They, no one. They, they are. They are mother. And him mm-hmm. are Jennifer Lawrence and Javier Bardem, mm-hmm. and then I the think man is man like I minus I the black the man in black. You know he actually is just called the man uh, Ed Harris, yeah. which is probably like the fifth movie he's been that. Character. But there's when when, <laughs> when Javier Bardem is when he's like let me let me see him, yeah, and it's like oh I'm his I'm his father mm-hmm. I'm his mother. Javier Bardem's reaction is to stand up and wait and push a chair into a comfortable vantage point and sit down and wait because and how I infer is he feels that he is entitled oh yes to this child why do you it's think his. he doesn't why do you think he doesn't tear the baby away but I exactly knew. but he un, and, and and that's when she says I'm his mother and it's like well I'm not gonna take him away from you but I've been you mine. can't do you cannot hold on to him forever you can know all the fruit and bread in that basket you can put on all those new clothes that are given to us by the people that worship me either god or the creator somebody said, that like, has I made had this clothes thing, before your friends came to the house somebody that turned everything to shit made this that that built this house on yeah. the creation and the art that i make and and you can you can do whatever you want but i'm gonna i'm gonna get that and he does, and when it is allowed to be given to the people, they destroy God, it immediately. God, when they do that. So when we they, need to talk oh about this. Goodness. So one thing I want to talk about in this movie in general is the Foley work and the sound design because this movie is loud. Oh, yeah. It's loud. Everything that happens. The death of the movie, baby is like the I'm, crunch. That was going to be the punchline. Oh, but Sorry. Everything that happens in this movie, and I think this is like the personification of the house as well, is like every little sound that happens in this movie is so fucking loud. And and most of the time, mainly the house, right? Like 
It's the house. The house, Every the creaks and the cracks the and the moving is because, like, the house is supposed to be, especially from the beginning, yeah. they're trying to point out the idea that there's something going on with the house. But it's, it's, rare, point, yeah. it's rare that I watch a movie and I think about, like, the sound artists that are recording each and every sound effect that happens in a film. Like, most of the time there's that level, level of abstraction where, like, somebody is washing a plate or yeah. somebody is, like, scraping, you know, something. Like, every little sound. Somebody is making footsteps or opening a door it's or something like that. Like, you, you as the viewer, most of the time, there's that level of abstraction where you can just say, like, oh, the camera's picking up that sound. But in the reality of the way movies are made, somebody is on a sound stage recording all those sounds after the fact. Yeah, most most of the sounds that you actually hear in the final product of the movie are not real. Are not the actual Pretty sounds. Much all of them, yeah. this movie, Pretty much all of them. Yeah, some of them the are sounds mumble are so oh, over the top loud yeah. that I could see someone making you could every feel scene. the house ache feel somebody yeah. like and that is it it's so oh, it's it's part of what lends I think to the horror of this movie is how loud every sound of the, the house I remember makes. that was one of the first thing that I picked up on like in like the first 15 minutes of the movie I was just like man like the doors opening closing and just the footsteps down the hall and down the stairs everything just seems so goddamn loud it's so pronounced yeah. it is very that's exaggerated. a perfect word that's a perfect word for yeah it. everything was exaggerated to this it's point so of like where it, it's trying to make you a little bit more aware of every facet of the house, whether it's the floor that they're walking on or the window that they're looking out of, everything's got a little bit of a sound to it to make it a more real object. And right. I think that's what kind of builds that fear in the beginning before they start to show their hands. Because I would say the movie really does operate, as it starts, it really does kind of operate on that idea of like, you don't know what this movie's about. Yes. You know Jennifer Lawrence Absolutely. is in it. You know it's called Mother. And it personifies the house in a way that you and think it, that it's going it to be It makes it seem like of, the house has a thing going on. Yes. It seems like a haunted house kind of a story because of how how pronounced these house sounds mm -hmm. are. That you think that the house is going to be more of a character in it. And maybe it still is. No, maybe very much is. But like, I think it start, it, it, it the house plays like kind of like a... Like a like a curtain mm -hmm. that's very interesting beforehand, and slowly the curtain draws back, and you see, right. oh, it was never about the house; it's about this. But then it swoops back around. And I was like, oh, it's totally about the house, but it's, it's about also about this and the house. And the way that like everything, you you're constantly seeing the curtain kind of come back of the, the the this house has seen some stuff, like it's been through some stuff, like you see the curtain peel back and the destruction of the house, which we've all, we already know as a viewer, like from the beginning was completely destroyed. They say that explicitly. You see it kind of, it is the cycle that's happening being revealed to Jennifer Lawrence's character over and over again. She's seeing, especially in the moments where Javier Bardem is completely neglecting her. It's the facade is, is peeling away and she's seeing that and she's seeing the, the blood stains that happen within the house. I love remain. That, that. They don't go that away. That whole thing where it's like where she's setting up the baby crib and she's had to move the rug mm -hmm. and move the room around. And now that it shows like where that that blood spot was that she like found like this weird shit. Like the house is just falling apart. Right. When this blood is there, and they replaced it and she covers it, and 
I, I really liked how small that moment was. It was just very small. Right. It was like, ooh, they're pregnant, all this stuff. She dumps her stuff away. Let's cut to a couple months later. Mm-hmm. She's got a nice little belly going on, which, by the way, too, Jennifer Lawrence, I put in top 10 looking pregnant in movies, whether you're pregnant or not. Oh, yeah. She looks real good. She looks great. Looks real good. She's yeah. just like, just, mm, you're glowing. That's part she's of it. She's not as actually well. pregnant, I mean, you, you, but she's glowing. They do good work with the camera where when they do show the belly on her, you don't really see her whole body. And then and that when she does that, where belly, she lifts up. Yeah. Which calls back to earlier when she was just like, why don't you cover up? And, right. And no, she says, why, like, why don't you cover decent. Why don't you put on something decent? And yeah. she looks down, and we get this very aggressive point of view, which yeah. we haven't really been getting a lot of. A lot of it is like kind of. Over the shoulder, well, that's what Darren behind. Here's the thing, but we get that direct point of view down, and that's what we get too. When she's like, "Ooh," and she looks down, and there's like just a just moving on out there, which is what it looks like, but it looks super creepy from and that the, point of view when you're like, "Oh my goodness!" In the context, of the so I, I have a punchline with the sound thing that I'm getting to that Robbie already spoiled, but um, Robbie, Robbie, spoiler, Anderson. Um, yeah, that's your new nickname. It's not a good nickname. My middle name's Leo, and it's way better. Yeah, well, now it's spoiler. Sorry, Leo. Um, what did you do? Apologize Robbie. to Grandpa. We need to talk about how much of this movie is Jennifer Lawrence wearing a camera harness that is clearly just pointed at her face and is walking around because... She is. Ooh, I don't think it's a harness most of the time. No, I think it's just a close up. I think, think it's. So? I, yeah. I think it's Steadicam following really fucking tight. Really fucking well, because close. it's not because it's it's not following the background. Doesn't matter as much as my as much as like is, a, yeah, no, no, my point is so much of this movie is a close up. Which is of Jennifer what we were talking about before. Like that's really important that you get a star like Jennifer Lawrence not only to ground everything and be right. like this is someone that I want to look at this is someone I trust this and this is someone, someone I trust I want to go along with but also but do you guys, what we were talking about with the whole thing that eventually comes up but do you guys remember the idea of, the shots of objectifying in the, women in the wrestler what in the wrestler uh, Darren Aaron Aronofsky Aronofsky's uh, other film it's Call a Jetski Call a Jetski yeah, yeah. Uh, in the wrestler uh, most of the movie is behind Mickey Rourke most of the movie. And, oh, you and talked you, about, you said this in a real, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah you, you see, and you get some of these shots of behind Jennifer Lawrence in this movie too. This is very much like um, his style of, of uh, cinematography though, where you are very much following your protagonist almost in like an over-the-shoulder kind of view. Yeah. And the wrestler, he does it a lot where you actually don't get a ton of close-ups of that character's face, but you're always right there behind the character, almost like you're like a monkey on its back, kind of like following them around. Well, I mean, Mickey Rourke's face, oof. Oof. But yeah, did you ever hear about what Darren Aronofsky said when he cast Mickey Rourke for the part? No. no, he was like, he came in and he read, and I had heard that Mickey Rourke was dried up and just nothing left. But I looked in his eyes, and when you look in Mickey Rourke's eyes, you see he's thinking, working. He ain't dried up. That sounds a lot like, like oh, a that's line a from really this movie. Good, that's like, a line yeah, from this casting. movie. Yeah, like, that's yeah. right. The dead eyes that you have. That's like a line from this movie. So, yeah, the hyper, like when it gets really close to her eyes too, where it almost seems like her, like everything's CGI. Where like her, uh, her eyes are way too blue. It's like, it's like Black Swan too. Everything's way too crisp. He he puts the cameras in positions for a reason, but he, 
he likes to be very like intimate on the main character. He is not one to make you not think who the main character of the film is. He's very much like no. This. It's a lot like Black like, Swan. Following, in that where it's like yeah, Natalie Portman in Black Swan is in just like every fucking frame. Yeah, right. of that movie, just like she's Jennifer Lawrence. And this is like Lawrence. She's in every shot. And she's sure, there. And there's a like, bunch of tracking shots behind Natalie Portman. I'm sure you just saw Black Swan. Like the camera work is similar across I a lot of his Black movies. Swan, man. Black Swan's like, awesome. If it wasn't for the fact that I just saw this movie and it hit me on such a a personal level that allows yeah. me to be biased yeah. about it, you would like. I would say Black Swan was. I would say Black Swan was my favorite. Wrestler, oh, it's it's not his best, because I'm just gonna be completely honest with you. He's not he's he's never gonna top Re- Requiem for a Dream, because Requiem for a Dream is a movie that is of its time, and also a perfect movie. Like you, it, it's just I think it's one Mother, of those things like, where it's just like like Steven Spielberg's never gonna top Jaws. It's never gonna happen because he he can't. It's a product of its time. It's a lightning it's a product in the of how it happened. Yeah. It had just the right events, and it's just and it's just made just the right way. Like it's, I it's can see not Mother finding a place in like. I really think. I think Mother's gonna, gonna find be. a place in the the cult audiences. Like when the hype dies and the movie ages, the way that I, I talked about um, when we were at the bar talking about like movies who don't do well in the box office and have cult followings. I, I talk about Donnie Darko a lot, but like. Um, I think that there are some movies that don't do, they don't perform well in the box office, but then you, you know, 10 years later when you go to film school, that's the only movie they're talking I about. That movie. And I, I think that's what this movie could be. Black Swan got a lot of Oscar buzz. Black Swan, I mean, a fucking curious, one best actress. I'm yeah. curious how this is going to do. We, we will see. Because this might Black be, Swan this is might be... way more approachable than this movie. And that's why I'm. That's way why I'm, more. That's 100%. what I'm getting at. This might be over the line. Like this is too. And that's far. you know. And that's I really do feel like. And that might lend itself to what you were saying before. Like maybe I didn't need that last thing or those last two things or those last three things. We'll see. It's maybe they took it. A- it, it went far, it went over the line yeah. and that's one where I'm gonna But I think I, on, I don't think that they did. I I Let, and again I, I state that I, I love where they went and I think they needed to go there. Let me hit this punchline that I've been waiting for that Robbie already ruined. The Thanks, whole Robbie. point, I think, of the sound being so over the top and exaggerated and pronounced when that fucking baby's neck snapped. Oh. Everyone in the theater shit their pants. Yeah. I'm shitting my pants the whole time in that. Because like, that baby's neck snaps like a fucking tree branch in a drought. Yep, it's and it way is, louder than it has any right to be. It is haunting. It's awful. It is sickening. And I think when it's you disgusting. talk yeah. when you when you talk about like triggering people, that is gonna be the thing that people are like, I nope. There's a few no, scenes. I think, I mean, like, I also... Listen. I mean, yeah, Robbie, I'm really interested in this if you want to open up about it. Don't have to be specific, but, like, what were the moments in it that really... You were saying before, like, I know people that this is going to affect in a very visceral way. Oh, well... Because... They're dealing with things that are like. Ugh. In I those, hope you can get more visceral than a baby's neck. The baby's neck stabbing, but in terms of like, yeah, me, but you were you were down, you were on that train way before that. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was like um, when Javier like 
Can't get your own check. All right, fine. Yeah, we're we're doing the baseball. Well, right, we fine. thought we didn't think you're gonna finish your beer. Okay, Mike didn't get a beer for me. He didn't get behind the fin- curtain. You had like a full well, beer when he got it. Even sipping. It's not fear now. It's not full now. Oh my god. You're the only one to not leave the room while we've made this. So it's your turn now. It's your turn to leave the room. I do have to pee. Yeah, that's what I. It's fine. Keep going. So go. So my he will stay as long as he wants. Go when I damn well please. No, like I really. Yes, yes, my right. point my point was um like th- one of the scenes I really fucking hated was when um Jennifer Lawrence is just like you want to have a baby but you won't even fuck me and they have yeah. like a sex scene that starts off like rapey yeah that's why I was I was gonna say excuse like my colloquialism but it, it begins very rapey it begins very like she's saying no 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 get off of me and then she kind of like it, which it's it's almost like the one scene that like I don't no, I, I like. I believe in auteurship. I think you should tell the story you want to tell. That's you know, I get a little bit. Well, I don't know. I, about I, I want to. I want to. Have either though, of you seen a history of violence? No. No, it's okay if you haven't. It's fine. It's a weird fucking Cronenberg movie. He's got a very similar scene to that, and I think that that scene, that both the scene in that movie and in this movie, speak to a higher level of relationship that even. I don't really understand, but I think it's this kind of thing that is. So here's the it's thing. touchy subject, and I here's think I understand. What dangerous you're dance, right? Here's it's the a thing. dangerous dance because yes. rape is the the absence of consent, right? So yes. at this moment in the movie, Jennifer, it is the wrong time for them to have sex, and yes. Jennifer Lawrence's character does not want to have sex. No. Right after all this shit just went down in her house. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. she, yeah. But she's upset because Javier Bardem is neglecting her and is not having sex with her. And in this moment of anger at well, him... she calls him out on it. Well, like, she calls oh, him what, out on it. my sex? You mean this sex? She, she says, says, no, 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 We no, can't no. have a baby because you won't fuck me. And yeah. now is the absolute wrong time to do that. Please stop her. I was one, Bert. <laughs> nope, you've done like four. Because at this point in time, they this is the wrong time for them to have sex, yes. and this is a, out of anger that she she finally calls him out. You will fuck me. Finally drops the f bomb. Right, and she's this been is nothing a, but cordial and nice. This is, and yeah, I've been, been cleaning be, up I after the mess. The woman that you want me to be, and nice and forgiving. And oh, what's this? Oh, why that? And do we need to do this? And, and this then is, she's just like, yeah, we can have a kid if you if you fuck me. And this you is a very dick. this is a very very R rated movie for reasons outside of like gore and, and profanity. Yeah, but I think it might be the only time they say fuck in the movie. No, no, no they say it a few times. They, they say, say it a few times, times yeah. especially towards the end when she finally freaks out. She's like, "Get the is, fuck out of right, okay. my house!" Yeah. This Not is as much you, as you could. You know. So I think you could use it. <laughs> also, coming off it, like you see a lot of thirteen year olds saying "fuck words" coming over and over again. It. This movie Steven, that we're sorry, talking about. Sorry, Stephen King's. It. Remake, the remake of Stephen King's It. Adaptation. Okay, whatever. Cool. When she says, you won't fuck me, like, it is profound. Visceral. visceral. Yeah. Like, this is it's, like, it's a statement. Yeah. And what the film is dealing with, whether or not you've caught on to it or not, like, of that's what they're doing. Yeah. It is a statement where it's like, she's not going to take this shit but anymore. But the, the reason that it's But then so she becomes upset. complacent again. Exactly. Because. So let me because finish. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. reason that it's so upsetting mm, is because it. it's wrong at yes. the time. But 
she's at a place of vulnerability where she wants this thing yes. ultimately, but it's coming at the wrong time, but she succumbs to it yeah. because ultimately she does want to have a child and she wakes up the next morning immediately and says, I'm pregnant. Yeah. I know. Maybe I know not necessarily Which I was because really she knows. proud of everybody in the theater and especially you, Robbie, who was not enjoying the movie at that point. <laughs> for, not, said, for not laughing. Movie, like, for not laughing. No, There's because when she wakes up and she's like, about. I'm pregnant. It, it was ridiculous. It, it, it's yeah. ridiculous it's and ridiculous. it's supposed to be. Yeah. Because you need that follow-up scene where he's like, how do you know? And she's like, I just know. And that's very important I also to wanted, see, but I was yeah. very, I want to very proud of the masses. More, for I'll now. let you, I will let you clarify. I'll give the floor to you. More so than anything, she wants to be pregnant at this point. Yeah. Because she succumbed to that moment of discontent, dis non non relinquishing her consent to him but needing it to happen but she's for... bullied into it exactly she's bullied into it but by she those she lets it happen because she ultimately yeah won't get it any other way because he won't give it to her yeah. any other it's way. what she wants but it's not how she wants it exactly right. and she's forced into an ultimatum where it's like well i guess this is the this only is way it that I this can is do the it. one that's happening and, and that's that's the decision that's made between her being like no no that's one God, of those God and like that's a, like, that's yeah. for me that's like i could see that being a triggering scene it's really by the way it starts, yeah, it's yeah. super upset i hated Absolutely. it um, a lot and they of, don't give you it's not a sex scene they cut away oh yeah it's not a sex scene at I'm all. a big fan of the fact that we didn't see the meet cute with these guys which I think would yeah. ultimately de Sorry, deprive that. the entire Sorry, what? the meet cute how they meet and oh, fall in right. love okay yeah um, it because that would first deprive undermine undermine School, so you can find that one. Yeah. Man of comedy. Paul Rudd invented it. What'd you do? What'd you say? Romantic comedy. You usually have those in every romantic comedy. The meet cute. That's like inciting incident. No, I reacted like that because he burped again. Burping over there, Robbie. The other, the a lot of what I before I just shut the fuck up during the movie, <laughs> which is there's like a certain point in Act Two where that just happens. Yeah, um, he didn't burp during the movie. No, no, I didn't have any beer. Um, well, I guess that's actually not true. I did drink a lot of beer before. Yeah. But uh, the you thing that was really... I'm going to just ignore you. The okay. thing that... Like, I was sucking in a lot of air right now. The thing that made me like really say, I hate this movie, I hate this movie, is Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Oh, she's awful. She's the worst. Performance, amazing. Worst. Good, Person I was going to clarify ever. No, no, I know. Because I, I think Jennifer Lawrence and Michelle Pfeiffer interacting with each other when nobody else is in the room... Is one of my favorite fucking oh, things. That, that could be triggering. That could just be triggering for like. Because you're just like, have you ever? Heard I don't know what's gonna happen. But here's why this is such a good horror movie is because you, as the viewer, are going, ah, ah, no idea, ah, no ah, idea stop, where this stop, is stop, gonna stop, go. Stop, it's stop, like when, stop. when we saw it. There's a a character who has a abusive father, a yes. sexually abusive father. Yes. And we were talking about how the scariest moments during that movie That's the most uncomfortable was the scenes movie. with the abusive father. Not it being like, I'm a, a bird thing I'm a zombie. Uh, yeah, look at me. Whatever, yeah. yeah, that's the scariest part of the movie. And this movie is like that idea, but just stretched into just the whole fucking thing. Because what makes and you more... That is terrible. That's like, this is a... People who see this movie and they're like, who's not scared? I'm like, this is the scariest movie that's ever been made. Yeah. Because, because like, you know, like... 
Because what is truly scary to you as a human being? A zombie that is not real and will never be real? Or someone just... Or like casual misogyny that will actually like break you to your just brittle dust that they take your heart out. Just like... That's scary. Being a woman and waking up every day and having to go out in the world to go do shit. And then be judged by other... It's fucking scary, scary, dude. Yeah. Be judged by other women. Oh, Everything. No, but that that I think that's you got nothing on your side. You got nothing on your side. That's what she represents. Michelle Pfeiffer's character is the like epitome of a woman who has been molded into what she is because of the way that that society has pressurized. That's the entire idea behind the misogyny towards women in culture. Is you know like we can go out. Like 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 a gay man can go out and he's got gay men out there that can at least back him up if he doesn't, you know, uh, connect with anybody else. And a black man or a black woman can go out and they can connect with other people in the black community. community And I shouldn't have said woman actually because that completely countered the point that I was about to make. A woman goes out and women are institutionalized to fight each other. I'm not saying that they all do because they all very say, much don't, let's, but let's it's not become, generalized. We're not generalizing. Right. I'm saying that As the two fear, cis men, the fear know. that they're talking about in this movie, right? Especially between the character of Michelle Pfeiffer, Puff Pfeiffer's Michelle Pfeiffer, if we're going to get nasty for mm. a minute. And Jennifer Lawrence is this is a woman who obviously has ulterior motives, and she's using her age... That's why she's so afraid. As, she, we're so afraid of her. Yeah, and yeah. she's using her age as this way to say, like, you don't know what you're doing. And Jennifer Lawrence has this great moment in the basement when they're doing laundry Yeah, where she says... When Michelle so Pfeiffer's taking all the wet clothes, all the wet clothes out, the yeah, floor, and, the, and yeah. they start doing the laundry, and Jennifer Lawrence says, so what, 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 should, what should I do? Essentially. Tell me what you feel. You Tell know, me what she, you meant. She's like, what, what do you Tell mean me by you that? Because yeah. she's, because of Michelle Pfeiffer's age, nothing else. Everything else about Michelle Pfeiffer is, don't listen to that person. She's a stranger. She's creepy. I didn't see it. So I didn't see that moment as like, it's her age being like, you shouldn't listen to me as your elder. It was just her withholding information. It I was s- her being like, I no, I'm not going to tell I you. I saw it as the reason that she's there is this is a woman. You won't talk to Ed Harris. Javier Bardem is like, no, me and Ed Harris, the Our man, the man, we're going to go, go over here. And the women, you go do the laundry. Yeah. And you go downstairs and you start talking about, the men are really getting along great, aren't they? This is why, and maybe I should just like write something about it, but this is why I see it as a monster movie because hey, Robbie, Ed Harris... Blog about it? I should just fucking blog about yeah, it. Yeah, why don't you go fucking blog about it, Robbie Spoiler Anderson? I feel like Ed Wait, Harris... Wait, was, was that too mean? I take it back. That wasn't me. You guys are definitely way mean. No, 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 no. I take it back actually because I felt mean about that. You do spoil shit sometimes. Sometimes. Um, that's kind of like it speaks to my idea of like the monster movie in the context in the framing of the movie where you know these characters show they just know they know what's going on before Jennifer Lawrence and Jennifer Lawrence is kind of like a she's our audience surrogate. She is us not knowing everything that's going on. She's so much more than an audience surrogate, though. She is. She is. But, um, 
She's a great audience surrogate, but she's much more than an audience surrogate. I don't mean to undermine her characterization. No, yeah, but I yeah. think we talked about that before, too. It's like, that's why Jennifer Lawrence works so well. She's, it's not even just incredible. as a surrogate. It's just yeah. like, I feel comfortable with you taking me on this journey because you're nice and you're nice looking. She's definitely like an American will, sweetheart kind of person. You will take care of me. Yeah. 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 an American sweetheart for yeah. a minute. Yeah. For a it's while. a big, yeah. big reason Which why is, that works. And your like, meta context of the, all the shit that happened to her, like fortune, absolutely. That like that is such a there another is level to zero that. Zero way that did not come up when they were talking about those final scenes. Yeah, has to. Like that's it. Like that's no. I mean that's that's what it is. The, and I think that's why the opening the scene is so um, yeah bodily. That's why it's so she's waking up, right, baby, and you see. You you see her you see her breasts through yeah. uh, the gown that she's in and she walks around and it's and it's and it's 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 fitting to every curve on her body. It is the as she makes this long thing. It's yeah, it's yeah. It, and it's and it's white and it's milky and it's it's innocent and fresh, but it's also there's a there's a casual misogyny to it where you're like, I get to see Jennifer Lawrence's breasts right here. Oh. Look at the nice way her ass looks over there, and it's it's look at the way she that she like the light shines through exactly, and yeah, I think yeah. it's all on purpose because they can shoot above that or light it in a way yeah. where it's not that personified. They can do but they anything they want yeah, to yeah. do it yeah. that way because they were, they, they were really trying to point out the casual misogyny that is in most male audience members, where you go like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the, they do it first up. The thing is, um, the male gaze is a film term. The male gaze was uh, the male gaze comes from like a British filmmaker who was the one who like kind of discovered the male gaze and put words to it and put thought and theory behind it. Correct? Yes, but it's it's one it's of the, permea- it's, it's well, okay. one of those things that's permeated out into like a bigger thing. But the, I would say the uh, theoretical inception of the term came as far film. as film wise, that is exactly what male gaze is. Okay, it's, so you know, it's using the director obviously yeah. knows what the male gaze is because he went to film school and he's a very smart person because the you films he the makes fuck out of it and Black Swan. Yes, for so dream. like the male gaze is like you know if he's he's weaponizing and or utilizing the male gaze. Mm-hmm. Fuck, weaponizing this. is a great, yeah, it's a really great is. term for this. Read yeah. my um, Ex Machina article, <laughs> or my one about Tu Wong Fu, because <laughs> I talk about both those things. You can't articles. see it, audience, but he just put his he, he really fists on, his, on his, hips his hips like Peter Pan, like yeah, he's got my... his elbows pointed out, like very defiantly. <laughs> Because he's our because he, it's he's he's our cute Robbie. That's he me. is. But I mean, like I I do talk about those things because I did the research on him. But like, I'm not the only one who knows about him. He obviously knows about him. He's using those things on purpose. Like, absolutely. Yeah, these are things. One hundred percent. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's got so many things that are so. He's drawing so many lines in the sand in this movie. He's he's not just like flippantly going down them as he's doing. Like th- this is something that was innately ingrained in the screenplay as he wrote it. Everything in this movie is deliberate. Yes. Which is why I... It's what makes it so mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It's deliberately mean in all those ways, which is why I think I'm very... I'm most curious, and we hit on this a little bit, I'm most most curious, like, 
more so the subtext to the medicine that he's she's taking yeah. throughout and like the kind of like sort of anxiety induced panic attacks that she's having and like I think that is if anything else just kind of um, easing the viewer into like the sort of horror narrative that they're yeah. establishing and kind of making you uncomfortable as the viewer. I mean, like complacency just, as like a consumable. I is guess a yeah. cool idea to look at. I think at that's it what as. we got at yeah. beforehand, where it's like she was doing it as like a a way, to, a way kind of to like deal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but like in and then once she became the, pregnant, the like, pain oh, is becoming so okay. can numb. I yeah. I don't I need can't it do anymore. anything. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not that I don't need it. It's that now I cannot numb the pain because I have. She's going to have to hit it up front. So you yeah. might even, Robbie, you might even be hitting something a little bit on the head there where it's like, now you can't do anything to hide how you feel. You're going to yeah. have to just experience it. If nothing else, it's motherhood prevents you from the numbing the pain that yeah. allows you to numb the pain. Yeah, hit mm. that Pellegrino. Mm. Oh, good. So spicy. So good. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that tastes great. What a tasty beverage. I'll tell, now, I'll tell you guys now. I, I do feel better uh, now that we this started. This movie is... You guys saw me. I, I was thinking about, like, this might be the one that makes me not watch movies ever. This, this might be the one where I'm like, I'm not, doing, I'm not doing podcasts ever again. I'm not doing story. I'm out of story screen. I can't fucking do it. This movie is fucking amazing. In, like, a, in a year that also saw the release of pretty much every movie... That we've done on this podcast because it started in January 2016. 17? 17. 17? It's 2017. Fuck, I'm forgetting everything. We did a recap of the Oscars in 2016, but... I mean, we got movies like Get Out, Logan, It Comes at Night. War for the Planet of the Apes. War for the Planet of the Apes, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Baby Driver, like... It's been a really Lots of really good movies, and this is the one that I'm gonna... and, And it's a good kickoff to Oscar season because we're about to jump right in. We're getting there. The last two weeks of September well, were like when I, they start I kind of wanted to ask this question like what do you guys think the Academy is going to look at this movie like? I think this might be too far for the Academy. I think it might be I too far too. too. be too much. And I think that this might be just what the Academy has been looking for. I Maybe. could see that narrative as well. This could be new Academy. I mean the Academy that gave Moonlight Best Picture yeah, after year. Oscar yeah. So White yes. in 2015. Moonlight was exactly Which, what they were looking talk about for. That, it's like, oh, perfect, there we go. And the first, I think it's how the, the media spins this movie. Like, there is that scene when they invite all the, the like family, like to the proto funeral wake going on, where it's like, oh god, yeah, I yeah. guess let's get a black person in this movie, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, I mean, oh, that's yeah, one hundred percent. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. It's like that's the token black guy. He's here because now. that a is bit. a credit in a thing. Yeah. yeah, and they do it on purpose. Yes, and that's why they give him the really fucking first weird shit, and then it goes to everybody else. Like when she goes up there and is like, "It's my room." And they're like, "It's we'll just we'll just be one second." Oh, like, I mean, well, no, no, you have to get out. And, okay, get out. Okay, all right. Yeah, get out. No, but get get out and mother. They have a Venn diagram that almost overlaps Definitely. when it comes to casual racism versus casual sex or casual misogyny. Really, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah, they, misogyny they, is the way better term. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But like, that's the DNA. Like, there's like, if Get Out is to casual racism as Mother is to casual misogyny. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and horror is the thing that is so good at exonifying and not only explaining but 
making the experience a visceral thing that the that the viewer can experience even subconsciously without yeah. even knowing it. I'm uncomfortable watching this movie. Why? Why? Think about yeah. why you're uncomfortable yeah. watching this movie. And that's, why are you uncomfortable watching Get Out? We said that at the beginning. It's like, I really hope that this hits people in the way that it's meant to. I yeah. mean, I think like when we went to see Get Out, we were hit in a way that really took us a while to like dig we into had trouble like, talking during the podcast and when we had to do when we started this podcast yeah. all of us were kind of at a loss for words and in a, we are like in a post get all, out world this is all flowing maybe out that's of us the now. part where a movie like mother can come in and and this tell has been, us a little this something is, this has been extra, a really yeah. good year for horror in the way that it is like oh absolutely it comes at this night this is a great and, year for horror it comes at night same from last year in the context of 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 refugees like like all that stuff is a good way horror is the perfect method to convey to an audience ideas that they may not be able to experience because of privilege yeah totally and it is that visceral it gives you empathy perspective to give you empathy to something that you could not otherwise understand agree and that's what makes horror that's what makes horror maybe my definitely my favorite genre as yeah. well for me this movie i don't i still don't know if i can say i like this movie i think this movie is important this movie is very important. this movie is very important but i think it will sit in the echelon of like listen i'm not gonna watch it there's list twice i'm not gonna like there's just I'm some movies s- i'm not gonna see two times listen there's I'm some movies where i see, see once and i'm like that affected me so painfully yeah that i'm not gonna forget any scenes from it i'm not gonna forget and like I feel like when I started that sentence, it's not kind of shitty. What I mean is, like, there are some things you see, there are some movies that you see, or books that you read, or things that you interact with, where you're like, no, that was good. I'm good. I got it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to read, like, Mouse. Well, uh, Mouse I could probably read more than once. You can get through game. Mouse one of the I mean, ones. But then there's this, like, you know, like, to yeah, watch the Crystal Lock scene, again, is like, that's some hard shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to see this movie again for sure. I can say I'm going to go see this movie 100%, again next, I'm gonna go next see this week. Movie. Just because I want to see it with a different audience. And I want to see how they react. To well, it. I want to see it having seen the entirety of it. Now. Absolutely. Fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's fair. I just... I just You'll get through it, right? It's hard. It was, <laughs> it was hard. I, you guys saw me. It was hard. It was hard. But uh, I think we, we got through it. I think we got a lot of... Uh, thoughts and i do feel better about it in general yeah that's really like if we want to like get down to talking about this podcast like that's what hot takes are about is like working through kind of the digesting the movie digesting the movie and i think movies like this are very much like the ideal way to describe what a hot take is is like it's the hardest ones to do you know but walking out of a theater with your friends and Figuring out how you actually felt about a movie. Well, I think our next hot take is going to be Kingsman, and I'm like <laughs> so pumped. We're probably going to have a lot more fun with that one. So. I'm, I'm hoping, unless they give me some weird fucking like creative rebirthing shit to really ruin my day. Um, I don't think uh, Kingsman's going to get quite that meta, but we'll, we'll see. see. Who I don't. We don't know. Who can say? <laughs> Who can say? It's 2017. Hey. Kingsman might have a lot to say about the state of our world. We'll might. see. Um, thank you for joining us. On this fucking roller coaster ride that we've been on, um, I'm Jack Kolejewski. I'm Robert Anderson. 
Uh, we've got a Twitter account that is story underscore, underscore screen underscore beacon. We have an Instagram that is at story screen beacon. And we also have a website that is storyscreenbeacon.com. So check all those things out for more content from us, uh, more articles, more podcasts. We are constantly out there seeing more movies, writing about movies, thinking about movies, talking about movies. So check all that out. Also Mike Birch. Mike Birch. Mike Birch. I'm Mike, Mike Birch. Birch. <laughs> Thank Good you very much. This. Good night. Go see this movie. Mm. Go see it. Go yeah, see you it. Yeah, you should see it. It's a really good movie. It's really fucking good. It's really, really, really fucking good. It's okay to feel the way I do because pain is good. It's okay see to not movie. like it. It's <laughs> it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be sad. Good it's okay for a thing word. to make you sad. Just Maybe, go see it. What do we want to say? Important? It's important. I think it's very important. I think it's very important. Okay. Yeah. But it's important. I think it's aggressive in how important it is and it might piss people off. And that's okay too. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's what it's supposed. That's what the medium's supposed to do. And if you have feelings that contradict any of ours, or align with ours, or if you have any feelings at all, tell us. To us. Contact us on any of those social media platforms. I'm at Robert Bay on Twitter, or Robert Anderson on Facebook. You can find us. We all know you're good. You out there are good uh, internet detectives at this point. You can find us. You can yeah, no, find you us. You can sniff us out. Yeah. And you know what? If you get lazy, storyscreenbeacon.com, baby. Our info is there. I mean, just look you for an article. There. You can find us That's and other people it. who are yeah, interesting. Bernadette Gorman's putting out Bernadette Gorman's, Bernadette Gorman's putting out articles all the time. You can follow her. Uh, all right, so, Robert, all right. favorite Darren, a- Darren Aronofsky movie? The Wrestler. The Wrestler. Jack? Mother. Is it Mother? It's probably Mother. All right. Mine's yeah. still Requiem for a Dream, but that might change in a week. We'll see. Yeah. I just love the wrestler so much. I love that. so good too. God, I fucking hate this guy. Shit, we gotta go. All right, that's it. We gotta go. We gotta go. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. I'm Jack Olajewski. I'm mother. 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 Bye. Bye. Mother. Mother. the one like that was the only one that I could find that's not probably a cover that you don't want like this one's yours Spider-Man 2.1 you can really fuck with where is that lower next shelf down It's someone, like, someone, it's like a, uh, what's, what do you call Red vs. Blue? It says anime. Cinema. It says anime on it. Well, it says sex on it. You bet. Is this sexy anime? Yeah, you would actually probably like this, that show. It's this, very timid. Is this one of the ones where the, the cartoons have sex with each other? There's some Oedipus complex. Alright. That show's fucking good. <laughs>